Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, the podcast that started as a harebrained idea to rank all existing Kids in the Hall episodes, but descended into chaos. We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like Does This Hold Up? and Was That Buddy Cole monologue as pointless as the rest? And of course, Why Does the Chicken Lady Make Us Feel So Weird? I'm Kalina McCordoff in London, England, and I'll be hosting our intro episode. I'm joined by Han Seideman in Prince Rupert, Canada. Hi, Kalina. And our good friends Trevor Record and Stuart, what the hell is your last name in Vancouver? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, Dutch. <laughs> it's a hard one to pronounce. We're going to kick off this series by discussing our earliest memories of the show, what we think it represents about Canadian culture, and finish off with our favorite kid. So as background for our lovely listeners, I honestly don't know any of my other friends beside Trevor prior to this summer who even liked Kids in the Hall. Um, but uh, about in June, I think it started dawning on us that we weren't alone and thus started the idea of a potential blog before Stu convinced us that, that we should all stop being such lazy assholes and just edit a podcast. So you're welcome. <laughs> on that note, Stu, why don't you kick us off by telling us about your earliest memories of the show and how you came to be a total Kith fan? Uh, all right. Yeah, I absolutely am the best, and you are all welcome. <laughs> my first memory of Kids in the Hall, uh, I was watching a tiny TV in my childhood bedroom, and I remember that was a big deal because my parents had read research that it, TVs in the bedroom makes kids uh, fat and lazy and terrible, which turned out to be true anyway. Uh, and I remember watching Comedy Central on my TV, and because we had to have the amount of CanCon, Kids in the Hall was, like, always on. It was that and just for laughs. Um, I just remember staying up before bed and watching kids in the hall and there were so many moments that just blew my mind. Like the first time I heard the F word on TV was on kids <laughs> in the hall. It wasn't censored? No, it wasn't. And it was at like 1030. <laughs> I know. And so that was the first time that like reality kind of eroded a little bit for wow. me and it came through this like seemingly innocuous Canadian show. And I just, it, I loved it ever since. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, let's go northwards. Hans, what do you remember about your first encounters with Kids in the Hall? So uh, when I came across uh, Kids in the Hall, I was definitely still a kid, I think maybe eight or nine. And uh, what I remember is staying up late with my uh, with my sister, watching episodes on CBC on, you, you guys remember those old CRT TVs that had the VCR built into them? <laughs> yes, yes. So oh, yeah. we, had, we had one of those on a credenza in our living room, and my sister, who was older than I, she would have been in high school, we would stay up late on, I think, Friday nights, and... Uh, and we only got, uh, my mom didn't believe in cable TV, much like yours, Stu. She thought that uh, TV rotted the brain. So we only got like CBC, PBS, and like I think maybe NBC. So so Friday nights would be kind of like staying up late with my sister, watching Kids in the Hall. Uh, and then I think also around that time was Almost Live and a couple of others, uh, kind of SNL sort of shows. So we would stay up late watching those. And and what I remember coming to it kind of young like that was that so much of it went over my head and I would laugh at the jokes that my sister would laugh at, you know? Um, <laughs> but so the ones that stuck out to me early on were all the, were all the really simple bits. So you'd, I, I remember, you know, first finding the head crushing man hilarious and I would like run around the schoolyard trying to crush all the heads of all the 
high, you know, elementary school bullies and <laughs> get, get, get beat up for it. Like, like Aww, you do, hero Hans. like you do. Um, and then, you know, like other bits, like, you know, kitch, uh, chicken lady, cabbage head that just work on like kind of the sight gag. So those were the ones that uh, jumped out and then coming to it later, uh, obviously you realize how much depth there was that, that just kind of flew over my head. Amazing. All right. Well, Trevor, what about you? Uh, you know, like you, Hans, like I think the crushing the head bit is the first thing I actually really remember seeing. And uh, something about it makes a lot of sense to the mind of a child, I think. Just like, oh, totally. you are this outsider and there are other people going about their business and you're not fitting in and you're resentful <laughs> of them. And you put your fingers in front of your eye and then you crush their heads. And I thought that was the most hilarious fucking thing I'd ever seen in my life. It made complete sense to me. I really related it to like, like a mo emotional level. Um, and, you know, like, I may have seen Kids in the Hall before, but, like, just seeing men in drag or maybe, like, some sort of bit where a bunch of generic businessmen are doing something, you know, it might not have appealed to me, but that made a lot of sense to me. I think I maybe didn't even see it in the context of the show, though, because... Canadian television used to fill up a lot of gaps in advertising they couldn't sell by just playing clips of stuff. And I think that they used to just use that. And I was like, what is this? What is it from? Yeah, they have this, like, weird nebulous quality to it. It was just sort of everywhere. Like, I don't remember trying to watch it. I just would watch it. Oh, God. Like, yeah, like, I honestly remember starting to watch it as a toddler back again you know, we, we didn't have cable or anything. We literally had two channels when we were living, you know, on a back road near Grand Forks, British Columbia. And strangely, like, out of all the things that I was not allowed to watch, which included things like Power Rangers and uh, Ninja Turtles, um, you know, I was allowed to watch Kids in the Hall. And I think it really conf <laughs> <laughs> confused me on so many levels and really messed with my humor to a point that I now appreciate. But perhaps when it was a bit more obscure and, you know, you're a young kid moving around the Kootenays, maybe not as applicable. It's interesting It's interesting to, to kind of note that, uh, that at least in your and I cases, Kalina, like not having access to a wide variety of cable, it was also kind of the only thing that was even on in some ways that's, mm. that was kind of... Oh, yeah. That was kind of standout. Um, uh, it's kind of amazing. I mean, that's the thing that blows my mind is that it was even put on TV on like a public <laughs> broadcaster. <laughs> I know, know, and I think that's one of the things that makes it uh you know such a cult classic now because you're like when is the next time that cbc is going to produce anything like this that's <laughs> this edgy and you know like it's it's funny because you know as ubiquitous as we think it is now and we're having this conversation like i said in the intro like i previously only knew that trevor was really into kids in the hall before like knowing that Stu and and hans you guys were as well and it's just one of those things that you're like you know, there should be such a national appreciation for this. And it still sort of like exists in those niches compared to say like, um, you know, Monty Python in the UK, which still is like really strange humor, but somehow like m managed to garner like a national appeal. But yeah, going back to kind of the thing that you said, um, you know, it was, it was, yeah, the simple sketches that seemed to kind of be able to entertain almost children, um, sort of with like, like their, you know, slapstick humor or yeah, head crusher was like such a big thing in my family. Like it was insane. Like my aunt and my mom 
and me like I remember like we just used to walk around town and she they you know you know try get like a little kid to do something funny and they're like oh why don't you crush people's head and I was just such a little like piece of shit just running around like crushing everyone's head <laughs> same thing with the, like Yuhans and then yeah I just absolutely loved Simon and Hecubus that was one of my faves so I'm I'm really looking forward to the first episode where we see that you know one thing I wanted to comment on that you were saying uh, there Kalina is like for a show that I think is sort of like as groundbreaking as it is, the CBC didn't really push it that hard and kind of to this day doesn't really like bring it up that much. I, see, when Kalina was mentioning that, she is kind of under the umbrella of like, oh, it doesn't really get the appreciation that we think it should. And I, I want to agree, but I also think that in some ways it is like perfectly celebrated for what it is. It feels like it's so Canadian. It was just like it kind of flew under the radar and we all like accepted it as canon without really thinking about it. And we're like, I'm pretty sure they just said fuck on national television. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's fine. And like, that's it. like no one talks about how they're huge Kids in the Hall fans or get weird Kids in the Hall tattoos. I mean, I'm sure they do now. Let's love do to see it, them. guys. Let's do set, it. Set, do it. Let's all get Kids in the Hall tattoos. <laughs> Absolutely. If anyone listening to this yes. has a Kids in the Hall tattoo, send us a picture and we'll, we'll have the audience a guest. I mean, jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. You can be our emperor. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. So, and you know, on this on this line, I think we're starting to get into this. I want to open up the floor to discuss what kids in the hall sort of re represented in terms of Canadian culture. Um, Trevor, why don't you kick us off? So, you know, and I guess the way that I'm going to like put this in context for someone that's maybe in outside of the kids in the hall. Um, one thing that a lot of the kids, I know Dave Foley at least like says often is that um, Mike Myers, before he became internationally like famous for Saturday Night Live um, was one of their friends and they claim would have been one of the kids in the hall had he not gone on to become like an internationally famous star and like one thing I always say is like for all of its popularity in the states like Wayne's World is like the most Canadian sketch in the world and Wayne and Garth <laughs> would very easily be characters on Kids in the Hall absolutely, like absolutely. there's just this kind of wood panel basement aesthetic to <laughs> kids in the hall and like i think like ca canadian content from that era generally just had this sort of diy aesthetic and like it can be sort of read as sort of like this indie credit aesthetic but i think like it goes even beyond that to be like no canadians thought that it was presumptuous to seem too professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I had a childhood friend who was like, oh, my house was where the Crash Test Dummies recorded their album. <laughs> that was just, like, a weird thing that people, and oh, yeah, whatever, I guess it's a nursery now. <laughs> that's that's one of those perfect Canadian facts. Yeah. You know, everyone everyone has one of those Canadian facts, I feel like. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I grew up down the street from Sarah McLaughlin or whatever. Um, <laughs> She's nice. I feel like... You know what, actually, my, my stepbrother and stepsister, their babysitter, used to be babysat, I think, by Sarah McLaughlin. I'm probably butchering <laughs> that story, but it, there's some yeah, connection. Absolutely. Everyone has, this is so Canadian. <laughs> I think for me, the, the thing that with Kids in the Hall that makes it um, kind of singularly Canadian is that, or at least in my opinion, is that it's this, for me, it's the genesis of that kind of um, stereotype almost of the weird, the weird quote unquote Canadian humor in that it, it kind of came right after um, the era of SCTV, which had, a bunch of Canadian content. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember, but that's where you have like Bob and Doug McKenzie yeah. and like, you know, take oh, off yeah. eh? a great way. To, yeah. And I mean, and a lot of, <laughs> and that's where John Candy is. So it, it had John Candy and, um, 
Oh God, Martin Short, I think was also, and, and they're uh, all Canadians, I believe. Yep. Right. So, um, but it would, that, that content was, was super schlocky and, um, and it was kind of contemporary to what was happening at, at on like uh, SNL at the time and stuff. And then kids in the hall comes around and I think it kind of stood out as being really distinctly its own thing. Um, it would kind of do these absurdist sort of premises that those other shows weren't quite doing. Um, but a lot of them, you kind of had to be Canadian to get them. So you you end up with like, you know, Buddy, not Buddy Colbitz, but Scott Thompson jokes, like extended monologues about the Queen. As, <laughs> as like a, um, or you get yeah. Quebec, Quebec voyageur fur trappers hunting businessmen for suits. <laughs> or, you know, which, which is one of my all-time favorites. Um, you know, anything related to hockey, all those, they, they all just kind of, like the, the guy who goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs game and then gets picked up by a gay vampire, you know? like um, <laughs> those ones those kinds of weird sketches um you really had to be canadian i think to get them in, in, in as as they were intended to be delivered and and so i think they really felt more ours than any other show that was kind of out there at the time yeah hans i like the way you you described it as like a, a primal canadian weirdness but yeah. I, I don't think it's a stereotype i think that's just like what it is to be canadian it's this weird like liminal cultural space especially in the 90s when we had less bleed over from the internet and things like that yeah so I, remember, I grew up in winnipeg and uh i just remember so much of the country being so weird and boring <laughs> and just like like you would go to these towns and they would just sort of have the same kind of like attitude to them like oh hum we're all canadian isn't that nice maybe we'll get a stephen king novel someday and like <laughs> But in the same way, there was also a youth culture and like we were getting some bleed over from pop culture and like rock and roll and things like that. And it's just kind of like, I, I just felt like it was this weird experimental mixing pot in a lot of ways. And Kids in the Hall, when I watch it, especially that montage opening sequence and uh, closing sequence, yeah, it's just like, it feels like such a good visual metaphor. And that's something that I don't feel like there's a lot of visual metaphors for of like this absence of culture. Like when you think of Canadian identity, do you think of FUBAR? Which even so is like point yeah. poking fun at itself. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. For sure. But like it's so funny because, you know, we're talking about how much this is Canadian weirdness, Canadian culture, but I think it's still pretty marginal because, you know, even even amongst like our group of friends, there are four of us who <laughs> have any interest in it really. Like, you know, even people who we think are like super engaged with Canadian culture and, and Canadian pop culture in that sense, really just don't click with it. Like it's it's something that it's still, you know, really representative of a non-mainstream humor. I guess that's true. If I can if I can kind of coalesce two points here that Stu and Trevor made. So you know, Trevor, you were saying it kind of has this like, you know, wood paneled basement aesthetic. And Stu, you're saying it's kind of representative of this vast, boring place where nothing happens. And, and to me, it kind of feels almost like you have a bunch of kids in a wood paneled basement who are <laughs> bored because they live in Canada and there's nothing to do. And so they get kind of goofy and they make a bunch of nonsense up. And we're the kind of kids sitting in wood paneled basements finding it hilarious. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and so I think it kind of hits that niche that you're talking about Kalina in that like yeah if you were the kid in the wood paneled basement who who wanted to see that then yeah this totally resonated for you and and if you weren't then maybe it didn't and maybe that's why for us it feels really special and for so many of our friends it doesn't even land right so there was one thing that I really wanted to stress is that uh there was the kind of like the absence the boringness the wood paneled basement 
like that kind of need, like the, the, the void is what created the need. But the thing that came out of it, which I think is so interesting, is that Kids in the Hall is super dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it has this Canadian, like, cutesy charm. And this is why I think it's so quintessentially representative of, like, Canadian culture. I think it represents the Canadian psyche, that it's, like, very ostensibly harmless and very cute. And they're all, like, kind of clean-cut, fun. Like, Dave Foley is the most adorable man in the entire world. But just under the surface is some real dark business. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in that way it's really interesting, just almost even as a, if, <laughs> if we're going to go this far, but, you know... Uh, it's an, almost an international metaphor for what Canada really is because, you know, even if you think about, you know, pre-Trudeau, um, when people were like, wow, like, you know, you were from Canada, especially, you know, me living in the UK, they just, people have such a, you know, a polite view of who we are as a country and who we are to each other and, oh, we're, you know, how what a great place to be from. And yet you have to remind people of, like, all of these really shitty things happening across the country. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, you know, not only, like, contemporarily, but, like, historically. And you're like, no, like, we we aren't as polished as you think we are. And we're not these, like, big cuddly bears. And I think this is almost, yeah, a fantastic metaphor for that. Like, you know, yeah, you look on the outside and you're like, oh, great. Like, yeah, they're pretty funny. And, you know, there's a lot of very accessible skits here but the ones that i think really represent who they are is like uh, a group are some of like the really darker but hilarious hilarious sketches it's both it's that nihilism with the pretense kept up and i feel like that's so yeah. canadian it's polite nihilism it's polite <laughs> nihilism <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah. that's absolutely it yeah we don't want to be too pushy with the void <laughs> oh, man. This guys should we all just sing oh canada for a moment here oh. and uh <laughs> oh, i was gonna say the act murderer skit I think yes, is a good yeah. example of what you're saying where it's like the joke is he's like a super polite hard working nice yeah. Canadian that is an axe murderer and it's like yeah but like <laughs> he's an axe murderer like, well, he's trying so hard you know <laughs> we're not from Minnesota <laughs> dude come on yeah that's true that was, that was I've been watching Fargo it's getting into my Ooh, brain yeah <laughs> So, okay, so we're going to be, you know, revisiting a lot of skits that we may have forgotten about over the years. So I want to make sure that, you know, as we start this really huge, ridiculous fucking project, um, that we take a litmus test to see where we all stand on our favorite kid. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm quite interested to see whether this changes for me or even you guys as we go along. And But I think right now, as we stand, we're pretty evenly split. Um, yeah, Hans, do you want to tell us who your f- favorite kid is and why? So uh, I think I've always been a big fan of Kevin. Um, his kind of his voices, his insane voices, his super animated faces—they always really stood out to me um, and and got me the laughs. Um, and and I think especially as I came back to Kids in the Hall and rewatched them as an adult, uh, his particular kind of brand of, of physical comedy really appealed to me. But when I think back to when I was a kid, and when I first encountered the show, I think Mark was was someone who really kind of hold held a special place for me. Um, uh, he was, you know, the first kid to really stand out to me with the with the head crusher bit and the chicken lady character. Um, and then now rewatching uh, as an adult, you know, some of his his recurring bits hold up really, really well. Um, Daryl is, oh, is no. one of my one of my favorites. Oh, I absolutely no. love Daryl. Um, one of my favorite recurring characters. Um, and and something that I think he doesn't get a lot of credit for is in so many sketches, his deadpan is what really makes a sketch work. You know, him giving a, a, a flat board for the rest of the kids to bounce off of uh, uh, really sells some sketches. So, so Mark's, Mark's, uh, Mark's up there for me as well. Fair enough. 
All right, Stu, your turn. Uh, so I used to be a huge Dave Foley fan. That was my whole thing. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking at my notes here, and I realize that my answer for now is none of... I just say all of them except for Dave Foley. So I asked it the, <laughs> the opposite of what you asked. And I think that's actually both why I liked him. When I was a kid, I really liked Dave Foley because I liked that he was above it all because I was a uh, pretentious little shit. And I was like, <laughs> Dave's too Still are, still are, Steve. 100%. It was just like, you know, Dave's too cool to be there. Look how he's not even, like, in the skit. And I think now I find it a little intolerable, but I also hate myself, so this makes sense. Um, I, like, I, like, I like all of them. I think Kevin's so likable. Um, Mark is really, like, he invests himself in his skits, I've been noticing when watching them again. Uh, Bruce is one of the strangest comedians I've ever really watched consistently. He's just, he sells full out some of the weirdest bits that I'm not sure how he feels confident in, and he just goes through it. Like, he, he doubles down on himself. And I, I'm yeah. watching it again, I'm really, I really admire Scott Thompson. I didn't really get it when I was younger, um, but I think a lot of his comedy, especially in the context of... Canadian '90s culture is really brave and admirable. Oh, for sure. God, that was um, su- that was such a cop out answer, but I'll allow it. <laughs> no, no. the The answer is not Dave. <laughs> and I, 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 not Dave. Oh, poor Dave. <laughs> no, but I think that Dave would appreciate that. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> All right, Trevor. What about you? Oh, for me, Bruce was always my favorite. Um, I think out of all of the kids, he probably had like the most teenager-like demeanor. So as a teenager, I, he was the most accessible, you know. Um, and it's not a like, mistake that he was often kind of their go-to angry young man for kind of those like suburban household with a lot of strife kind of skits. He also often played like the awful angry father figures too. Um, but you know, like, like still within like your realm of experience as a young person, I guess. Um, I I think that like he has maybe one of the weirder sensibilities. Um, well, but like that's also true of Mark uh, and I think Kevin a little bit too. And um, he also does a number of their kind of weird musical comedy bits. And as a 12 year old, like that it has immense appeal to me. So, I mean, he really clinched it with things like Days I Know and Terriers. Um, it's interesting to think about the influence that the age we were kind of affected who we kind of looked towards as our favorite kid for you know even a period of time and you know Kevin McDonald has been my favorite for years again like you said Hans I think his bent towards physical comedy was appealing to young a young kid watching the show and I've actually quite unwittingly adopted his high-pitched anxiety laden mania (laughs) in my own humor (laughs) it's just it's just and you know it doesn't appeal to anyone and it's so funny because I didn't really think about it until again we started re-watching for the podcast so it's just like what the hell was this influence and who would I have been without this show um but it's really it's really funny because um since Trevor and I started talking about uh, kids in the hall together and he really you know yeah doubled down on his love of Bruce when when we would have our chats I've really actually come to approach the show differently and really just kind of think you know maybe at this point in my life Bruce may Mm. end up being my new favorite but that's to be seen Kevin you still hold my heart there's gonna be a journey especially love his role as a failed Satanist as Sir Simon Milligan of Simon and Hecubus as a, as a, as a counterpoint to lo- you saying maybe you love Bruce now, uh, like I'm totally with uh, you and Hans and, and like Stu, frankly too, or like I 
now appreciate so much how invested both Mark and Kevin are into the characters they play. Like, they never break the fourth wall or anything. They never... Dave, did you hear that, Dave? <laughs> they never they never broke the fourth wall. <laughs> this is just going to be a shit on Dave hour, but you know. <laughs> and, and, and while we're on the topic, I'm going to say a controversial opinion, which is that as we're re-watching all these episodes, Dave is weirdly starting to grow on me again. So, you know, we're, we're going we're to all end up loving them all in the end. I thought one of the reasons I never really liked Dave fully is because I felt like he was always the favorite. Yeah. And you were like, he doesn't get me. <laughs> Dumb yeah. popular kids. Yeah. yeah, I know, exactly. There's something very Canadian about hating the one that had the most, like, popularity yeah, in totally. the United States with news radio. Yeah. And the thing is, too, I, I mean, I'm, I really appreciate hearing all of this from you guys because I really don't think I have come to have a you know, a good appreciation for Mark. And even in the first episode, like, you know, I tend to watch a lot of sketches just on YouTube as it passes, but like really seeing the episodes as a whole, as we'll get into um, next week, uh, you know, one of the first episodes is so Mark heavy and you really start just seeing his range of comedy. So yeah, I think, I think this, this project will really, I think, give us a, a chance to re revisit a lot of their talents. The thing with Mark is he melts into his characters so much. You're not even thinking that it's yeah. him anymore. Right? Like exactly. you're saying, Oh, I wasn't big into Mark. It's like, well, when you were a kid, you were running around crushing people's heads, weren't you? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. That's it for our intro episode. We'll start off by reviewing episode one of season one of Kids in the Hall next week. Don't miss it. Bye. 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 Bye.